Bowling Green State University is a public research university in Bowling Green, Ohio, about 15 miles south of Toledo. It's, um, you know, it's a college. It offers a wide variety of undergrad and graduate degrees. It has a uh, Division I football team. It has clubs and frats and sororities. You know, it's a college. Its history is, I don't know, sort of interesting, insofar as all history is sort of interesting, but nothing about its founding is particularly unique or noteworthy. Tuition for one year of attendance costs $12,547.20 for Ohio residents and $20,535.60 for students attending from out of state. Quentin, you are not currently at Bowling Green State University. You are in a police interrogation room. Um... Earlier this week, you enacted a plan you had figured out to try to con your way onto the school's payroll. You bribed a member of the HR department, and they reported you to the cops, who picked you up a few hours ago, and have just kind of left you to sit in here for the moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they've just kind of left you to sit alone. I think you got, like, a cup of water in here. And, uh, after too much time, the door finally opens, and a detective in a suit comes in with a small manila folder and sits down, opens up his folder where he's got a legal pad, and just says, uh, So, walk me through what you had in mind here. Uh, I'm going to need to speak with my counsel first. <laughs> you, of course, have a right to an attorney, but... Mr. Brooks, we have, um... We have some solid evidence. We have, uh, witness testimony. We have the money that you use to try to bribe a school official um this isn't gonna go your way at all but it's gonna go a little more smoothly if you're cooperative so are you sure you want to jump straight to turning this into a uh an antagonistic situation because if you cooperate it's gonna be easier for everybody Seems like you turned it antagonistic when you locked me up here, but, uh, you know what? What's, what's, what's your offer? Well, right now my offer is to sit here and listen to what you have to say, and, uh, we'll figure things out from there. You're not gonna... No plea deal, no... That's all gonna come later in this process, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> he picks up the Manila fake... the Manila case... Uh, I flip through it. This witness. Are they... Okay, are they on the record, this witness you have? Do you even, like... They're the ones that called us. Fuck. Fuck. He, like, looks... He looks really sad. He looks really sad. <laughs> um... 
I don't. Okay. All right. Um. I, I. I. What can I say? I didn't know that the. I didn't know that it was um. It was a fake payroll thing. I. I was under the impression I was enrolled in legitimate means. I can. Uh, really, they called you. Yeah, they called us and told us some guy that they didn't know showed up and slipped them $500 uh, and explained how they could add his name to the employee directory without getting noticed. And so you say some guy, not me. You know, that could be a lot of people do that. Uh... Yeah, we asked some follow-up questions, Mr. Brooks. Fuck. You had to give them your identifying information for this, uh... Honestly, calling it a con feels generous. This is not a... I have arrested smarter people than this. How did you think you were gonna get away with this? I didn't think I was gonna get... I didn't, first of all, I'm not agreeing guilt. I did not do these things you're accusing me of. I'm rolling my dice with the lawyer. He, like, puts the, the manila, manila folder down and crosses his arms. All right, well, that is your constitutionally granted right, so we will uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can get in contact with him for you. And he just kind of, like, taps the table and snatches his folder back from you and steps out of the room and leaves you in here. He still somehow has his phone. Mm-hmm. It goes through, like, li- a list of people that he could call to get him out of this one, or, like, someone okay. to pick him up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one by one, he's like, no, they're fucking pissed. No, that's a, no. No. And then, like, the last, na- the last name on the list is uh, Caroline Rose, and he's like... <sighs> and he, like, just, uh... Deletes the the contact. Las Vegas is the largest city in the state of Nevada, with a population of 641,903. It's known as the entertainment capital of the world, with an economy founded on tourism and, of course, gambling. Decades ago, the casinos of Las Vegas were owned by the mob, but nowadays they're all owned by... Massive corporations, which is really a six of one, half dozen of another sort of distinction. Uh, it's just as evil, but not even cool. <laughs> a highly populous city in the middle of the desert, Las Vegas gets its water from Lake Mead, which is gradually draining as the city's population increases and global climate shift. And at least so far, that has not... Uh, done anything to lower the number of ostentatious fountains all over the city, or the lawns kept all over the place. Harvey, uh, you are at your job. You work at an arcade owned by Jack Stern. Used to be called the Arcade Fire until a uh, cease and desist forced him to take that down, and he has not yet put together enough money to put a new sign up, so it just says arcade out front. 
Um, job kind of sucks. You know, it's a lot of sweeping, dealing with loud kids, uh, trying to fix old arcade machines that you definitely do not have the uh, background in electrical engineering to really know what you're doing. Um, but, you know, you kind of keep the lights on as best you can, and uh, when there's no one here, you can play some pinball, and that's something, right? Yeah, it's it's better than, I don't know, being at some fucking fast food place or whatever. Yeah. You, um, you don't like to think about it very much, but, uh, when you were a kid, you lost a sister. Um, your sister, whose name was, uh, it was Lisa. But maybe it's just because that was a long time ago that there's always something in the back of your head when you try to remember her name that uh, tells you that's not what the right name was. Look, I, I was only like six, and it was, it's not something I want to I know I only get so much choice in the matter but I'd really rather just focus on anything else right now yeah yeah I mean you actually have something uh well you did have something you were looking forward to uh this weekend the IFPA pinball world championship in California which you had scheduled time off for and then your car broke down. So, you're not making it out to California for that. I mean, you know, there's a live stream, so I can catch that. You don't really get to... You don't get great shots of the tables a lot of the time, just because, you know, it's hard to get a, a good angle on the camera with the somebody in the way. So, like I said, you're at work right now. Where are you? Like, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, there's a counter up front, and theoretically, I'm keeping an eye on people, making sure they don't fuck with the machines, answering any questions they have, but honestly, I'm mostly just on my phone. We don't get a lot of visitors anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, arcades are not exactly the hot spots they used to be. Um, I think, uh, your boss, Jack, comes out and uh, just says, Hey, Harvey, you're good to, uh, work Saturday, right? Uh, I I kind of had plans that day, and he doesn't. He's lying, but he's just thinking about coming in on the day that he did have plans, and it makes him want to die. Uh, plan? I I thought your car broke down. What plans could you have? Uh, I got a date. Well, date? <laughs> Since when? Look, Jack, you're a great guy, but I don't gotta tell you everything about my personal life, you know? Alright, fair enough, look. I... (laughs) I guess that's fine, just, uh, you know... We're struggling to keep the lights on around here, Harvey, uh... Really need someone to cover that Saturday shift. I mean, can't you- can't you call in Ruby? Is she busy? (laughs) Yeah, okay, Ruby takes my calls. Alright. Yeah. So, yeah, fine, whatever. Atta boy! He slaps you on the back and walks back into his office. 
Sloan, you are currently in your dorm room, um, packing up a few of your things in a box. Uh, you are moving out because you got expelled. Yeah. You uh, have had difficulty with your roommate, Abby, for the entire semester. And um, tensions have been high, and you got it in your head to pull a prank on her. I thought it. I I, I thought it would be a good idea. Like it. I don't know. You set her bed sheets on fire. She she wasn't in the room, so I like. I just. <laughs> I don't know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, I guess, you know, in your defense, you didn't realize that once the fire caught, it was going to spread as fast as it did. No one was hurt. I just... I didn't didn't think it through, and... Fuck. Yeah, well... The school is... Luckily, not going to press charges, but they are making you leave. I have to go back to my fucking parents. Yeah, your dad's in the car downstairs. (sighs) Just screwed it up. I screwed up like, like everything, like... I thought this was going to be my my way out, but uh guess I just don't get one of those. Yeah. Um, Chris. Yeah? You have a job as an IT specialist for the Luxor Resort and Casino. It's not a terrible job. There's certainly worse ones, um, and it's paying your bills while you work through school. Yeah, gonna gonna be a lawyer one day. Just like my parents always wanted. Yeah, um honestly the worst thing you could say about it is that between uh work and school, you kind of don't have much time to yourself these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else was I going to do with my time? Honestly, just just play video games, I guess. I, I get there was a time when maybe I had other ideas, but it's just that wasn't going to work out. Don't really have any friends anyway. No one wants to hang out with a weirdo like me you do um now and then uh if you get off a little early uh hit up that kind of rundown shitty arcade that's on your way home just you know sometimes looking at the inside of your apartment and the inside of your office every day you need a little bit of change of scenery and that's at least you know you can be out doing something without uh you know being bothered 
it's it's nice. I like I don't know, there's something about the sounds that appeal to me. And there is this guy there. Yeah? Yeah. Uh Harvey, I really only know because of his name tag. I never worked up the courage to ask him, but he's nice. He's attractive, but <laughs> I mean, look at me. I'm not not really a catch. So he don't see the point in trying. Ursula, you are um getting ready to uh you're on your way out of town, but you uh for got a few things at your ex's place and you're gonna <sighs> stop by there on your way out. Yeah, I have a shitty truck. It's all packed up, but there was just some things I I don't know. I didn't want to be there as much as I could, but now I have to go back. Yeah, I think you are uh, at her door right now. Yeah, I, like, I think I don't even knock. I like message of like, um, I'm outside. Yeah, you get a message back that just says one sec, and um, the door opens, and Carly's there. And she says, hey. Um, hey. Yeah, here, here you go. And uh, she just grabs a box that she had by the door and hands it to you. Okay, thanks. Appreciate you keeping, keeping hold of these for me. Yeah, no, no problem. Um. So, where are you, uh, where are you going? Back home, I guess. I guess. I've been in Ohio for a decade, but I'm going back to Texas. I guess my parents? Which, you know, they don't love, and she, like, points at herself, they don't love this whole thing. That's why I left, but, I don't know, it's been ten years. Maybe they've gotten better. Sorry, not too. The, the, no, I. I it's my choice. I this is not on you. Yeah. It's gonna be weird being back in my childhood bedroom, full of like old toys and bands that I haven't heard in years. It's all blue, because, of course, they made me paint my room blue. You know, a part of me really wants to, um, part of me feels no. really bad for you, but no. It... then I think about why we're here, and... Yeah, yeah no, listen... I don't I don't think it's my job to feel bad for you anymore. It's not. I fucked up. Like relationships are two people and we both Yeah. We were young. But yeah, no, did do not feel bad. Do Alright, well, take care of yourself. Yeah. She closes the door. And I think she just says to herself. After the doors close, like, 
See you later, Carly. And like takes the ba- the box, puts it in her truck, gets in her truck, puts on some mountain goats, no children, like blaring, and starts driving from Ohio to Texas. Uh Valerie, um you run a small nonprofit animal shelter in Las Vegas. Um it's you know, you like animals. Um, it's busy, and the hours are long, and the pay is not very good, but there's worse jobs you could be doing. Yeah, look, um, I think a lot of people my age are probably in a similar boat, and at least I get to spend my day with animals. Yeah, yeah, and you've got some, some cute animals here. You got, uh, Kit the raccoon, he's just, um, not... He got caught by animal control, and you managed to get him here, and that's, you know, that's an accomplishment. You've got, uh, Howie. He's a pigeon. Just, uh, he's kind of standoffish and doesn't really like people. He has an injured wing and mostly just kind of keeps to himself. But, you know, you, he, he's like an old racing bird, and that's cool. And, uh... You've got uh, another animal that got brought into you by animal control, uh, uh, a fox that was uh, eating garbage out of the back of a uh, macaroni grill. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's not the best place for an, for an animal to scavenge. It's not food that they should really be eating. Um. Definitely had to uh, spend a bit of money at a vet to get him checked out, make sure that she wasn't, like, you know, having any major health issues from that. Um, She's somewhat tame growing up in, you know, an urban area, but not not great around other people. So it's been kind of tough trying to find a way to keep her... uh, Keep her in a place where she's not too freaked out, but is also not causing problems for the other animals. But hey, that's the job, right? That's the job. Yeah, she, um, you're not totally sure what's wrong with her. Um, she's very, the impression you get is she's very emotional and things seem to set off anxiety reactions in her. Uh, almost at random. It is as it's the kind of behavior you'd expect to see from like an animal that was rescued from an abusive owner, but less so in a feral fox. Yeah, I kind of wonder if maybe she had some run-ins with people that were not great. James, yellow. Things are going great for you. You're the president of BGSU's Young Republicans. <laughs> You're goddamn right I am. And I, I clawed my way up to the top of this thing, especially after the first group I tried to join in this school rejected me just just for asking if we really needed to keep the tea at the end. And <laughs> that, was, that was me. That was me being... Like, reasonable and and in the spirit of compromise, because listen, if I was being brutally honest, I'm not really sure there's any reason to keep the bee there either. I think that's pushing it. 
But whatever, whatever. They got all angry at me, and it's all—it's all internalized homophobia or whatever. But yeah, I found my—I found my people, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good about where I am. You are uh, currently uh, chairing a meeting of the Young Republicans, where you're going to discuss your protest strategy for convincing the university to pull the. Uh, socialism and capitalism class from its philosophy course. All right, so who's uh, who's got the minutes? Who's got the minutes for everything we've been talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, I've got them here. Uh, Janet McGuire says, everyone's favorite idol on character. <laughs> <laughs> you thought she wouldn't come up again. Deepest but yeah, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that dogfighting girl? Yep, yep. <laughs> right, right under the wire, you brought her back, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, he's going to uh, take the minutes. He's going to, like, skim them real quick. All right, well, I, th- I think we've covered just about everything I want to cover here today. Does anybody have any uh, last-minute business before we call it a meeting for this week? Um, I, I think everyone's just kind of, like, you know, sort of not quite getting up to leave, sort of looking to see if, if somebody does. And um... hey, hey, man, these donuts are free, right? Yeah, yeah, they're free. They're free. Okay, thanks. Um, See ya. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, all right, everybody. Actually, I will see the, you. the treasurer kind of voice in. Should I? I. I know I brought this up before. I feel like we shouldn't. I mean, we believe in the free market here. We should probably start charging for the donuts. It's like all right. Now we will talk about that next week. Uh, in the meantime, also, hey, make sure to budget in. We're going to need a bunch of uh, black markers. And we're going to need a bunch of poster board. And remember, folks, in about a week and a half, we are going to be meeting up outside the Planned Parenthood. All right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, see ya. Bye. Right. Yeah, everyone just kind of agrees generally as they yeah gather their things and go. Holly, um, it's been a rough couple of weeks. Your, uh, girlfriend, Jenny, um, died in a gas explosion at work. And, um, you are just now getting home from the funeral. I just don't know what I'm gonna do. We'd been together a little while, and I, you know, we're young, but I I thought that was it. Yeah, um, you, uh, you've kind of just been isolated for several days now, and it's tough because you don't, it's hard to want to do anything right now, but also it's starting to feel like you need to do something, you know? Yeah, uh... I I don't want to see or talk to anyone, but I think I might be going crazy by myself. Yeah. I I was thinking about going down to the, like, local shelter or something and seeing if there's, like, a dog or some other animal just to keep me company. Yeah. The, uh, the quiet in your apartment is starting to kind of drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah. Alexis, 
you are in jail. You got uh, picked up for vagrancy last night. And when they ran your ID, they also saw that you had a couple dozen unpaid parking tickets. So your van has also been impounded. Yeah, well, I mean, that piece of shit is probably due to break down soon anyway. Have you thought about calling home? I mean, here here in jail, I guess it's uh, warm-ish. They'll technically feed me. Probably probably better nutrition than the Young Republican Donuts. (laughs) I was wondering about that. Fantastic. Wonderful. Um... Back home, it's... I don't know if they'd even really treat me better. I mean, when's the last time you got in touch with anyone? I... Six years, I guess? Yeah. I don't even know if they're still there. I gotcha. Um, I think you're just kind of sitting in your cell as, uh... A guard comes in with uh, a guy in handcuffs who he leads into the cell across from yours and uh, just says, All right, uh, well, wait here. Uh, Your lawyer has our phone number. They can make an appointment to talk to you when they'd like. And uh, this is your home until we uh, get to your arraignment. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks. Quinn just goes all the way back to the end of the cell and just, like, flumps down. Hey, man, what are you in for? I thought I could be a teacher. Been, may have tried to pull some strings to make that happen, and uh, it fucking blew up in my face like everything I does. Do, does. Uh, What are you doing in here? Ah, you know. Vagrancy. This is the hotel for unproductive members of society. Vagrancy. See, they fucking get you if you try to get a job. They get you if you don't have it. It's you can't win. You can't fucking win. What did you want to teach? <sighs> this is this is silly, but I you do creative writing or like personal essays where you like talk about yourself and like learn things i don't know i i had a really good teacher that got me to think about stuff like that and like i I don't know i don't know it was maybe it's just me lying to myself again no no were you a student uh not really i like kind of just bum around here because i don't have a better place to go you know they got a, they got a, a dentist school here, so get some dental work for pretty cheap. Gotta gotta watch your teeth. If you you're fucking once your teeth go, you're fucking done. <sighs> you smoke? Ah, I could start. Okay. Well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I find it does good for the hunger. If you're like hungry for a long time, it's a good appetite suppressant. Not great for the teeth, though. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, Jail, huh? 
yeah, that's... This is it. This is... this. More of this forever. Um... If you weren't in here, then you had an option. If you had options, what would you do? Uh... I mean, I just... I, I kind of like to do photography. Before I got stuck here, I was kind of traveling all around and got to, uh, you know, explore lots of places that don't really get seen much. Uh, phone's dead right now, but I had some charge I'd show you. Yeah. If I'd like to see him, you know, um, if you ever, if you ever get that phone charged, I'd, I'd like to see him. I'd, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an Android. doesn't have great battery, but it's all I can really uh, afford right now. Valerie, I think you're minding the front counter of the shelter when Holly walks in. Oh, hello. Uh, can I help you? Yeah, hi. I um was um looking to adopt an animal. Um, hopefully something a little easier to take care of. Um, I'm mostly looking for some company, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I know that type. Um, yeah, lately we've mostly been getting in more of, like, wild rescue, uh, cares, but I think we do have a couple of cats that have just kind of been dropped off because they don't have a home at the moment that could maybe use some... Uh, a little bit of care, but nothing too, um, you know, too tough. Just make sure they're getting food and water and attention, and that's about it. They're pretty easy. Yeah, they're they're pretty independent, right? Yeah, um, I'd say the ones we have here maybe are a little more, a little more attached. Um, kind of kind of animal that comes into animal shelter often has a bit of like abandonment issues, but, um. Nothing, you know, nothing too serious to worry about. They just, you know, are going to want to be around you a lot. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that's okay. I, th- I think I can handle that much. Um, Have you uh, had ca- cats before or any pets? No. Uh, no, not really. It's, this this would be the first time. Um, my girlfriend had a dog, but... Um, I, I don't see her anymore. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's it's okay. Yeah, uh, I guess if you're a first timer, um, you know we've got some we've got some pamphlets here on you know basics of pet care, and I can probably recommend you some reputable sites if there's more you wanna you know learn about. Yeah, that that sounds really nice. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, if you wanna come. Come in the back here. You can meet the cats. See if any of them uh, seem like a good fit for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Valerie, uh, you lead Holly back. And uh, Holly, you're just kind of going down a hall sort of lined with small... um, not quite cages. I'm imagining like what they have at the pet store, sort of like the glass window. I guess those are still cages, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um... And as you're kind of walking along, for whatever reason, Holly, your eye gets drawn to one that is just labeled Chili, 
with a little drawing of a chili pepper. And in that uh, cage is a fox. And it is just sort of laying with its head up. And it makes eye contact with you, Holly. And it just stares at you. Yeah, I think Holly stops and, like, looks at her uh, and stops Valerie and says, Do you, you guys have a fox? Oh, uh, yeah, she was brought in a few days ago. I was getting into some trouble behind a restaurant. She, like, looks at Chili. Yeah, Chili just keeps staring at you, Holly. It is... I mean, its expression is kind of inscrutable on account of it's a fox, <laughs> but... um I take offense to that. <laughs> Foxes are very expressive. <laughs> well, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> but the way it is just staring at you, there is something about the glint in its eyes. It is like looking into you in a way that you're not sure an animal ever has. And maybe you're imagining it, but it is unsettling. Yeah. Um, I think she's still standing there, Holly is, and, like, reaches forward to try and, like, uh, pet her head. Oh, oh, I would not recommend that. She's, um... I mean, she's not... I wouldn't say she's wild, but she's definitely not tame. Well, you do notice, uh... Chili does not seem to recoil at all as Holly makes a move towards her. Huh. No, I... I think she's okay. And then she, like, um... She kind of, like, crouches just a little bit next to the cage and is like, yeah, see, you're okay, right? Chili does not seem to respond exactly. Um, she just keeps staring at you. That's the damnedest thing. Is she available? Oh, uh, I would not recommend a fox if you're a first-time pet owner. They are... They require a lot of care. She doesn't even look at Valerie and says, I, I get that, but... I mean, look at her. Yeah, yeah, she... She seems to have been through something, and... I'll admit, this is the most, um, I guess, engaged with anyone she's been... Um, what are the odds of her actually finding someone else to take her home? Oh, I, honestly, I kind of expected she'd be one of our permanent residents. Most of the wilder animals here tend to be. I don't think she wants that. Um, well, if, boy, if you're really interested in doing this, um, got a couple of forms for you to sign any of the exotics require that um just you know that you understand the commitment you're making and that you you know you bear some responsibility and that there are um liabilities for if you know you do have to return it i understand sometimes they aren't a big fit and we'll definitely try to do our best to accommodate you with that but um you'd be surprised how many people you know think oh yeah i'm gonna get like a raccoon or a fox or you know something something more interesting, and then realize that they've bitten off way more than they can chew. Um, sorry, I am rambling. This is not how I thought my day would go today. Um, She's only, like, half listening anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, we can uh, get you started on the exotic pet 
license and yeah, okay. Um she she reaches up um to a shelf and grabs a treat and just holds it out um to Chili and she's like, Hey Chili, come come here. It's okay. Uh Harvey, you have just kinda been stuck at work all day. It's been especially quiet. Uh basically no one's been in here. Um and uh you get your first walk in in hours. It's uh uh I'm not sure if you know his name. He's that guy. He just kind of comes in now and then plays a couple games and walks out. Oh, Harvey but... immediately brightens up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> hey, 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 welcome back. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, uh hi. That didn't think I was enough of a regular to be recognized. <laughs> Listen, we got uh, pretty low standards for that. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that sounded awful. Fuck! I'm so I'm sorry. No, uh, I, I, I. It's it's fine. I get it. I I know you. You don't get many people here. Um. Yeah. Uh. How's how is the business actually? Uh, pretty slow, you know, most, these days if people are going to arcades, it's mostly the places that also are bars, and this place has not been able to get a liquor license. Ah, yeah, I imagine that would be tricky. Yeah. Sorry, listen, you're here to have fun, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't be being a downer. No, it did it's okay. I mean, come in here just because, like, I don't know, I uh, just need to get away from stuff for a bit, you know? Yeah, no, I... It's nice being here. I, I know what you mean. Your name's Harvey, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he taps the name tag. Yeah. Uh, I figured I'd probably ask though it's sort of weird to just go off uh, just as name tags makes me feel like a I don't know stalker or something um, do you have any recommendations here I kind of only ever play the same couple tables uh I mean we got a Black Knight 2000 in the back I I never really play it myself it uh, just brings up some bad memories um, but that one's that one's good. Uh, Medieval Madness is a classic. Uh, people are always coming in asking about the Adams Family. We don't have the Adams Family. Uh, we do have a Monsters one. That one was like limited run, I guess. Uh, seriously? Yeah. No. It's th- there's fucking like an Eddie mode where you're like shaving his hands or something. I don't know. <laughs> that seems pretty contrived. Yeah, well, you know, there's end of the day, there's only so many things you can do with a pinball table. Uh, oh, we got Rampage, if you want to play Rampage. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think Harvey looks around. Uh, he does not expect anybody else to come. He's just like, uh, fuck it, you want a second player? I got nothing else going on right now. Yeah, that would that'd be great, you know, switch things up a bit. All right, 
and uh, he just hops over the counter and leads Chris over to the rampage machine. <laughs> yeah, the two of you play some rampage. Uh, Chris, you end up kind of spending more time here than you usually do. It's uh, it's fun, and Harvey's a nice guy. Um, you have you have kind of your first nice evening in a pretty long time, but um. You know, you've got work in the morning, and eventually you need to be getting home, and both of you can feel the impulse towards saying something or asking to maybe meet up again sometime, but you just can't really bring yourself to, to go through with it. And, um... Yeah, I think all of you at night, Quentin, you're sleeping uh, in a jail cell cot. So are you, Alexis? Um, Ursula, I imagine you're sleeping in your truck a few states away. I am somewhere between Missouri and Oklahoma. Hmm. Holly, you're... Sleeping in a bed that feels way too big now. Mm-hmm. James, you're sleeping in your dorm and feeling great. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Everything's coming up, James. <laughs> Sloan, you are in your bed at home for the first time in months, laying dead awake all night. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, each of you are just sort of spending the night alone and whether you're sleeping and dreaming or just sort of alone with your thoughts, there is some sense deep inside you that this isn't the way it's supposed to be, that things are supposed to be better than this. James, even you can feel it if you, if you're honest with yourself that this isn't, Life is supposed to be better than this. Mary. Yeah? Why do you deserve to be in this world? Because I already lost one. And I want a world of my own again. We pull back from the scenes we've been watching. The scenes you've been watching, Mary, on Gabriel Bede's monitor face I have calculated all possible futures from this moment this is the only version of victory that I am able to deem remotely plausible that can't be right we're you searched everything there's there's nothing left I have searched everything there is nothing left saw how hard they struggled against just nine Teoths. That is an infinitesimal fraction of the total number of Teoths dwelling within the various levels of Michael Valentine's nested realities. I have no means to remotely communicate with any Gabriel B not currently present in this room, but even if I could rally all of myself to come to their aid, even if each Gabriel Bede helped them defeat 100 Teoths, this would still be nothing more than drops in a bucket. 
and that is an extraordinarily optimistic projection. Victory can only be achieved in this fight if the house is destroyed. Destroying the house destroys Virginia. This neighborhood is not viable in the long term without Astaroth, and destroying the house will leave only one remaining universe, the one I just showed you. It is inadequate, but given the odds stacked against them, achieving even this much could only be called a staggering success. Can't be right. There's got to be something I'm missing. Uh, I think Mary turns around, turns her back to Gabe, partly to think, but also partly because she doesn't want to let Gabe see that she's starting to cry. It's not fair. I agree. Our camera pulls back from Gabe's screen again. Mary, you are watching yourself on the monitor. The version of you on the screen is fighting back tears against the injustice that uh, Gabe has laid out before you. But Mary, that's not what you're doing at all. Um, You're smiling. And you hear Gabe's voice reverberate through the speakers as he says, I do not understand. You should be heartbroken about what I have told you. Yes, I suppose I should. But there is a big difference between the Mary on that screen in your projections and the one that is before you right now. What is that? I have a plan. I don't understand how you possibly could. I've accounted for everything. There is no plan to be had. Well, you didn't quite account for everything, which I don't necessarily blame you for. Even your knowledge is limited as vast as it may be there's two things that you did not show me on those screens one is something that I have already provided to one of the members of the team and the other is something that you are going to help me do we're going to go to the bank what's at the bank? a broadcast station Gabe loads himself onto one of the dormant bodies in the security hut and travels with you to the Humanity Bank. Anna's treasure hoard of minions media is still playing, and with Gabe's help, it takes only a short time for you to adjust the broadcast equipment to project live footage instead uh, from the roof of the bank. Mary, this was your idea, but you hadn't really thought through the part where you would have to be the one giving this speech. Okay. Uh, Hello to all out there who are listening. My name is Mary, and I'm a friend of many wonderful people who are trying their best to save this universe. But I'm afraid it's not going to be quite enough. Not for them and not for you. But it might be if you help. We can't do this 
on our own. But if we can, if we can unite to overthrow these goddamn fascists who think that they know what's best for this universe and have manipulated it to their own ends and use your own happiness to fill their coffers, then we can finally be free. I'm asking you to rise up with me, with all of us, and bring out your guillotines. Give me a dazzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I got a... Okay, I got exactly a 10. (laughs) Mary, your message goes out. It is projected on uh, the storm clouds above the neighborhood. Gabe kind of turns to you as you finish and says, um, That will likely send many of the masters towards the site of the battle. However, I am still concerned that that will be insufficient fully turn the tide. Yeah, I'm aware, but we've got a few tricks up our sleeves still. What do you mean? Well, I may have slipped a little something to Sabrina. A little something? I don't understand. Well, you see, back when we were on the the stadium, Arcadium, I made some milk for everyone that I called battle milk and it was just like a little joke it was just like some energy drink to to help them uh you know get energized for for the upcoming battle but uh they took it a different way thought it was some sort of milk grenade and i couldn't stop thinking about how that might be pretty useful so i made actual battle milk Mary, give me a reveal your master plan roll. Sure. That is... All, that's an 11, actually. <laughs> Great. Terrific. Sabrina, you um, got tackled by a pack of Teoth's wild shadow wolves. They are biting at you uh, and just digging into your limbs. Um, but... And a pouch on your belt, you do have a bottle that uh, Mary told you to hold on to in case of emergency. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't ever really clear if I'm supposed to drink it or, like, throw it. Is there, like, a label on this thing? She definitely intended you to throw it, but, I mean, it is still technically milk, and it is still technically food, and... Weapons-grade food might do something kind of neat with, uh, I love metal buildings. Alright, yeah, so I think she is going to struggle just kind of enduring the wolf's claws and, like, uncap the milk and just pour it as fast as she can into I Heart Metal Buildings' mouth. You know, it sometimes has mouths. It's a whole thing. It absorbs the milk and there is just this rumbling. It's inside the Eidolon, but it also sort of causes the whole local reality to quake. Mm -hmm. Now, in one of these layers of the Matryoshka doll that is the universe, might be the 6th, might be the 7th, might be the 35th. Hard to tell at this point. 
But in one of these layers, there is a lonely, enormous house, the only one on its block that still has power. And inside that house, there's a smaller house, a more reasonably sized one, that looks more or less the same, though it's surrounded by these little model trees and bushes and little toy wolves and so on. Uh, and that model house is rattling and shaking faster and louder and more and more violently with every passing moment. And then the roof is torn off by an enormous steel spike, the kind that you'd see on top of the Empire State Building or the John Hancock Center. And Sabrina Bryan, covered in claw marks and looking like she hasn't slept in a week, uh, along with Ursula, Ursa, and Needlemouse are just clinging to the side of that spike for dear life. And as it rises into the air, a skyscraper follows, starting out narrow and tightly packed like a toy snake in a prank can of peanuts, but expanding outward as it breaches the confines of the walls around it. As it shoots up, it tears away the roof above and expands into the universe above. Who can say who constructed this one? They all look the fucking same, but... That doesn't really matter, because this skyscraper is not losing momentum. It just keeps going seemingly faster and faster, tearing away another roof and another and another. Smaller buildings start to spring up at its base, buildings made of concrete and brick and stone layered on stone, each one tethered to the central skyscraper via tunnel or suspended walkway or rope bridge or spiral staircase. Okay, okay, no, that is, that's fucking good milk, I guess. <laughs> if, if, what's your, could you always do this? Uh, I mean, with enough food, I guess. What, what's in that bottle? <laughs> uh, it ju it's just labeled combat milk, I don't really what know. What the fuck is a combat milk? I fucking, uh, ask Mary, alright? Oh, that stuff's I delicious. Huh? Who, who, oh, yes. No, Needle, needle Mouse, you can, like, lick the thing if you want. Oh. Uh. I would not touch combat milk. Well, it's too late now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, skyscraper continues to expand um, and smashes through the roof of the universe. Quentin, Valerie, and Ethelwolf, the sand that has just continued to pour everywhere and uh, catch more and more of the gears, uh, it's causing them to grind to a halt and crack and fall off. The entire clockwork machine around you is threatening to collapse on top of you uh, when suddenly there is an explosion and... A skyscraper smashes through all of that and just sort of catches all of you on its roof as it continues to ascend through this universe. Whoa, Quentin, was that you? Uh, no, that's not one of my cool shits. Um, but it got me thinking, maybe we shouldn't fight these guys alone. <laughs> um, uh, maybe we should find the rest of everyone. I know it'd be really cool to just, like, own this guy, just, like, kick his ass. But we can't leave anybody behind. Um, I think we should bail and find everybody else. Uh, that is honestly not a decision that is under your control anymore as the skyscraper continues to push and grow and just force you straight up through this universe. 
and it continues to smash through space and time. If anything, the rate is accelerating. Um, the guns that all came to life in the theater where you fought Ursula Teoth, uh, Carly Sloan, and Alexis are just thrown wildly, misfiring just into the air, hitting nothing as the theater is crushed under this expanding skyscraper. Fuck! Um... <laughs> uh, Get in the building! <laughs> Harvey, Anna, and uh, uh, Cecilia, you are being slammed through planet after planet as uh, Christina uses Sephiroth's signature super move on you, but those planets themselves are soon dwarfed by this skyscraper uh, as it collects you, and you just kind of, like, hit some of the windows like a bird that doesn't notice a freshly done window-washing job. <laughs> Very specific. It's <laughs> a metaphor to use, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. the, a great metaphor and a great choice of words to express that metaphor. If you say so yourself. Uh huh. Um, Lady Luck, I think you're falling into the uh, maw of the giant spider. I uh, actually don't fall, thanks. <laughs> well, normally you don't, and yet this spider's gravity seems to be pulling you in regardless. All right, fuck you. As too. Uh, Jenny, <laughs> as uh, Jenny and Alexis are doing their best to escape it. Uh, the spider is impaled on the spire of this skyscraper, uh, and the endless noise that you caused, Lady Luck, is now resolving into uh, the sound of a busy city street, as though it itself is being warped by the gravity of this city building. You just hear lots of, like, crowd murmuring and car honking. You know, like a classic backing track of a city. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm walking here, you hear in the distance. Like all those sounds we keep having to edit out of people's podcasts in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Waves of fire are radiating off of Teoth as Abby embraces her. The fire feels like it's going to completely dissolve you, um, Abby, Kit, Lisa, and Holly, when... Suddenly, the ash is swept away, and uh, you're carried off by a building. You get it by now. It happens the same way it did for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the building extends downward as well as um, Strix, Chili, and Howie. You all find yourselves trapped in a photo in an otherwise empty dark room when suddenly the uh, sort of dark crimson light is violently broken by a blinding white as the ceiling of this uh, infinite basement gets smashed open by the expanding foundation of this skyscraper. Oh no, we're going to be completely erased. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as uh, this real like bright light hits the photo, it kind of resolves back into the shape of you three. And uh, you just barely managed to run and escape this, uh, you know, concrete foundation before it crushes you. Uh, Strix scoops uh, Chili and, and Howie up, un one under each arm, and, like, flies to the side to get out from under it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it continues to burst down through the floor of this basement, uh, and you can't even see the top of it from here. It just extends seemingly forever. Um, 
Teoth Harvey, you kind of just stare down into the abyss where you tipped uh, the people that you were fighting, but suddenly there's a rumbling, and the pinballs that went with them come flying up, knocked away by the skyscraper continuing to grow through space. It smashes through the pinball table, and the tip of the spire smashes through you, and your entire body is just ripped apart as it grows straight through you, straight through your entire universe. You see, other me, always have a plan. Just hold out until the giant building shows up. Damn, that was some Mortal Kombat shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Outside in the neighborhood, uh, Bart, you have cocked your revolver and are preparing to pour all of your bodily electricity into a shot to sever Teoth's hold over Virginia to maybe give her just a moment to do what she needs to do to free herself. Um, but your aim is uh, thrown off before you can pull the trigger as the roof of Michael's house violently explodes, the ground rumbling as a skyscraper forces its way through the roof, uh, the skyscraper having grown through who knows how many layers of realities, uh, just constantly pushing and pushing. Um, as it rises upwards, it folds down into itself and seems to spiral around itself and the it no longer grows in a straight line but almost in a fractal pattern as it continues to rise up into the air and looks almost from this distance Bart like a planet made out of skyscraper what in tarnation is that and uh, I think one by one all of your friends descend from it, and you know full well they all do a cool Marvel three-point landing. <laughs> Strix only does a two-point. He's got an animal under each arm. He, he <laughs> Abby absolutely does not. <laughs> Sloan catches her. <laughs> I was going to say, Abby eats shit, then rewinds to do a three-point landing. And there it is. <laughs> um, I think uh, Teoth just says... What is this? This is the city of dreams. That's an okay name. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> like it. Next to her. I wasn't. I wasn't sure about it at first because you know yeah. the lyrics don't really line up with it. But uh-huh. I, I feel like the title is too good to just, you know, discount yeah. that entirely. Yeah, it feels a little. It feels a little cheesy, but I can go with. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> They're talking about being earnest, Sloane, all right? I feel like that's really the true lesson of this whole thing. So let's just roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Teoth just says, uh, I don't know what you think that's accomplished, but if you think I can't handle this many people at once, you're sorely mistaken. Hey, Holly. Yeah? You want to light her up? Oh god, yeah, I do. I think Sloan uh, and Holly do a double te- teeth. Uh, Holly would just gr- give uh, Sloan just a handful of matches. It's like, go nuts. Yeah, I, I think Starter <laughs> Riot lights her up too. So, yeah, I, I let's fucking just throw hot fire at Teoth. Bombard. Alright, uh, Sloan, give me a bombard and Holly roll to assist. Alright. If we have two fire lesbians, they have to team up before the end of the show. (laughs) 
Um, I rolled an eight. I also rolled eight. Okay. Uh, what downside do you want, Sloan? I move into danger. Uh, you, I think, start a riot. Just throws the matches and then blows fire on them so hot that it just instantly turns them to ash, which counts as putting them out and causes a wave of explosions that kind of, uh, you know, shake the ground and hit Teoth and kind of send her, like, to the ground, just kind of skidding across it. Sloane, you, uh, you landed a good hit on her. Um, honestly, Virginia looks pretty wounded by that one, and... I think the danger you've moved into is the danger of uh, killing Virginia if you just use pure violence here. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Uh, Harvey is going to run over to her just sort of as fast as his legs can carry him. Please, please be careful, please. Oh, my God. I figured she could take a fucking hit. She's chaos. Yeah, but, like, that's... There's still someone there... That we want to make sure it's okay. Carly's like running towards her. Virginia. Uh, while all this is happening, uh, Strix is actually going to make a beeline for the original Alexis. Okay. Hey, hey, you, you all right? Vivid memories turns to fantasies, kind of rubs up against Strix's legs. Oh my god. And um, Alexis will raise her head and say to Strix, Did you see one of me down there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I think there was one of pretty much everybody. Was it a bunch of photographs? Yeah, it was. It, it, it wasn't fun. Got got turned into one. It was kind of a bad time, but... You know, hey, uh, I, I feel like we're kind of dealing with everybody's shit. I mean, I think I think Teot's made it pretty clear that she kind of doesn't care who she manipulates. Strix... I need you to fly back down and get not just all of those, but all of them from all of the Alexis's and bring them back up to me. Might be easier if I just take you. Okay, then let's go together. You got it. And, uh, yeah, they're gonna take off. Okay, Strix, you uh, grab Alexis and fly down into the hole in the roof. We will get back to you in a moment as, uh, yeah, Harvey, I think you reach Virginia, who just looks up at you and says, uh, I didn't have to let it hurt me, but I knew you would realize how futile this is. Shut the hell up! Let my sister go, you asshole! Your sister is gone. She never existed in the first place. She's not fucking gone. I I saw what happened to Alexis after you left. She's fine, and don't give me some shit about her not existing either. I don't care whether you think it exists or not. What matters to me is that she was here for me, and when the whole world, literally the whole fucking world, wanted her to kill me, she'd stopped it. She's, she had no reason to do that. I was I treated her like fucking shit that whole trip. She decided she wasn't going to hurt me. Well, while Harvey's been talking, Chili has walked up beside him and like just leans against his uh, leg. It's like the closest thing she can come to putting an arm around somebody's shoulders. Christina does 
uh, go up behind him and just hug him from behind. Uh, and Chili just says, she's not gone, and she is real. What is it you said? You said that our observing things is what's making them real, and it's all, none of it's truly real because it's all just in our heads. Well, if, everyth- if nothing's real, then she's as real as anything. And that's what matters. And it's not just the three of us who care about that, who believe in her. It's everyone here. And uh, I think uh, she's going to try and use dreams to, like, reach in and pull Virginia out. Okay, give me a beat the odds plus biz. Uh, That's a nine. I don't know if maybe my friends here can help or something, but... I'll tell you what, actually, actually... Virginia rolled to help. <gasps> Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's an 11. All right. So that pushes that to a 10. I think um, Teoth looks at you, Chili, and says, What good are your pretty words? How are they going to help her? How are they going to help yourself? Because what we believe can become real. I think Dreams kind of reaches in to Teoth, Virginia, and um, it, it's not very different from what it looked like when uh, Dracula and Harvey were being pulled apart. Uh, Virginia is sort of being pulled out of uh, Teoth, but she is holding on very tightly, and Dreams is struggling to pull hard enough to get her free. Harvey is going to grab on, too. Christina will uh, grab onto the end and, and pull as well. Virginia, why do you deserve to be in this world? Because I finally have a family. The three of you pulling in unison rips Virginia away. Uh, what is left behind is almost like an empty shell that looks like Virginia with the uh, the sort of black halo and uh, angel wings that we talked about last time but your Virginia is pulled free um, I think Virginia turns and hugs Harvey and is like not looking at any of them and just says I'm really sorry it's okay I'm a fuck up too <laughs> <laughs> uh, Virginia how about you deal in for me real quick okay uh, that's a 10 10 uh, what playbook you want I'll take the alchemist. Okay. Um, I think, uh, real quick, going back to you, Strix and Alexis, you are sort of diving through the... It's, it's almost like a tunnel that got carved through all of the layers of the house by uh, the City of Dreams, and you can just feel like a pulsing darkness throughout all of it, and suddenly it starts rushing up past you. You almost feel like it is... Uh, going to blow you back upwards. Um, what do you do, Alexis? You're the one that wanted to come here. Um, I wanted to basically use chain reaction on all of the photos from all of the universes that they're that were made into all photos. Okay, to turn them all back? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that, uh, biz roll. That's an 11. 11, yeah, I think, um, every, uh, you know, several uh, layers of universe that you pass. You hit 
uh, one where the Teoth wasn't a Lexus, and those universes explode back into being, and uh, just like you seem to be getting pushed back by this force of just rushing darkness, um, but without Strix to kind of try to weather that, they are just thrown upward, and each and every one of these universes almost gets... Uh, first thrown out of the house. The roof is just gone off of it now, by the way. And um, they are almost drawn in to the uh, gravity of the City of Dreams, where they you just see just masses of stars and planets kind of crunch and condense and uh, spiral into the city. Um, Virginia, I think as the roof of the house uh, cracks, your uh, halo starts cracking similarly, and just, like, large chunks of it are falling off, and uh, you're bleeding from your halo. Oh, I didn't know it could do that. Yeah, I didn't either, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like, dripping down onto your head. Uh, that's not supposed to happen, is it? I was a little worried about it happening. <laughs> if we kill Michael, I still go too. Um... But, I think separating Virginia from Teoth counts as achieving an incredible victory against impossible odds uh, <gasps> that might make her Eidolon radiate with raw transformative power. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think getting to this moment with everybody, every step of this journey you've taken, constitutes an incredible victory against impossible odds. I would like to use Transform the World. And remind us all what that does? I get to declare one change you want to see in the world, and that change occurs immediately. You can only use this move once ever. Shit, okay. What change? She is going to look back at the house and say, I am free of you. We are all free of you. I think uh, the light in the glass pulses with a light so bright everybody has to avert their eyes uh, waves of light radiate across it and ripple across the entire neighborhood. The entire neighborhood was part of one of Michael's universes, um, but not anymore, because you, Virginia Valentine, are completely free of him, and so is everybody else, as uh, the stream of darkness rushes out of the roof... Uh, following behind the universes that escaped, and uh, your waves of light hit the house. It is completely rended board from board. When the light dims enough to see again, there is nothing but rubble where the house was. As the house is ripped apart, uh, Strix and Alexis, you... The pure, like, pressure of all of the darkness flooding out from the house. Uh, Strix, your wings finally fail you, and it, you get swept up in it and uh, are getting, like, forced back out of the house. What do you do? Okay, so I'm a little, honestly a little confused about the geometry. Are, are we going upward or downward? You were going downward, but now, like, the... It, it's like you were crawling up, uh, like, a hose that then someone turned the water on. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't know how much longer I can maintain my position. Probably not long. Yeah. Uh, but I saw what Alexis did with all of the photograph-specific universes. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if there's a way I can save the rest of them. 
and I'm gonna try and use Shape the Future to see if I can restore them while everything's, like, fucked up and unstable. Okay, give me a... Reveal your master plan. What is Strix's, uh, genius here? It's minus one. (laughs) Oh boy, okay, I'm gonna push myself then. Alright, there we go, that's a ten. Ten, okay, uh, then yeah, Strix, I think you're being forced back up through the layers of realities, but um, through your goggles, you can sense the individual patterns of each of these universes and the overarching pattern that dictates the way one universe informs the next. Um, It's all one huge interlocking system, one that is, by its design always doomed to fail immediately before producing the next in line but you are in this moment able to see the entire superstructure of it and with just a few small tweaks that you sort of psychically send resonating through this cascading matryoshka doll of universes um, you correct these uh design flaws in each of them and just like the universes that Alexis was able to restore you manage to bring back the rest of them you can barely fully feel that you have finished this work when you are fully just swept up in the darkness and then by blinding light and uh, you can feel yourself hitting the ground but as you come to you see Uh, Again, as we said, the house in a pile of rubble, and up above, the city of dreams slowly growing as all of the universes condense and spiral into it, and it just continues to expand overhead. Oh, rough landing. Lore, you okay? Uh, no, but that's fine. (laughs) All right, yeah, yeah. Take what we can get. The uh, Teoth Virginia is standing up with arms outstretched, and that stream of darkness uh, has been coiling in the sky, kind of almost orbiting this like constellation of universes above you before it comes crashing down into her and uh, just forms into this uh, black, smoky, amorphous shape that continues to expand. Um, you see skeletons forming out of it sometimes. Other times there are uh, explosions of black smoke. Sometimes uh, the faces of rabid dogs biting. Sometimes uh, the legs of a spider twitching. Um And just all of these shapes constantly emerging and then dissolving back into the black smoke as it just continues to grow and grow into something vaguely humanoid, but never constant enough in its shape to uh, really define. Uh, It stands towering over all of you and uh, rears back and moves to crush you with a fist so large that it can hit all of you at once. Uh, Luke. Yeah. I would like to, I don't know if this would be a scrap or if I'd be rolling to resist. You know, I'd like to punch it. Give me a reveal your master plan, Hecaton. 
Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's an eight. That is an eight. Um, I think this thing dwarfs even your... Um, sorry, what's the name of your mech Hecaton? It's been a while since I've spoken to you. Well, originally it was called the Dead Pharaoh, but I figured a more noble, glorious name was befitting of uh, something that had been reforged as a weapon for good. Uh, I decided to name it in honor of the bond I share with my three greatest comrades, who I met recently after a long and convoluted series of off-screen events. Uh, we're calling it All Together Now. Then as I was saying, uh, this Chaoth monster dwarfs even all together now. You are maybe waist high to it, but you rush in and put up both of your metal fists to catch this dark smoky fist, and it's taking all of your power to hold it back, but you are holding it back. Hecaton, why do you deserve to be a part of this world? Because a world like this is deeply in need of heroics! Uh, Detective Masters, why do you deserve to be a part of this world? Because somebody needs to be looking out for the little guy. Christopher, why do you deserve to be a part of this world? Because there is so much good I can accomplish with my abilities. Ginny, why do you deserve to be a part of this world? Well, somebody gotta keep fighting monsters. The four of you have, uh, yeah, taken your places in the cockpit of All Together Now and are working in perfect tandem to fend off Teoth. Uh, the rest of you on the ground, uh, a fucking mech showed up, and that's pretty cool. Sloan's just, like, laughing. Oh, my God. Oh, it's the, it's the Hecaton mech! The Mechaton! Yeah! I was wondering how he was doing. Ginny! Christopher! Hey! Earth is gonna be pissed if he's not in that one. It is delightful to see all of you again. I am quite pleased you are well. Thanks for the dress, by the way. I'm not sure I properly thanked you. <laughs> Thanks for teaching oh. me about horses. You are very welcome. It was technically not my dress. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> because so they have tasted the sweet, sweet victory of stealing from the rich. <laughs> Hecaton, does, uh, does Altogether now have some kind of, uh, I don't know, super move? Hmm. Apparently not. Well, there, <laughs> <laughs> there is one we rehearsed. I don't know if it's quite ready for prime time. Well, I'm not sure you're going to get another chance to use it, if not now. All right. Valerie. Yes. I need you to engage full core power. Um, on it. Christopher, help me get into the proper stance. Very well. These controls are quite complex, but I feel I have a handle on them. Ginny, unleash Death Zone Apocalyptica. Uh, yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, Hecaton, what does is, what is Death Zone Apocalyptica look like as it fires? It is an enormous, you know, standard huge beam attack with various waves rotating around it and multiple different colors. Uh, but at the center, there is just an image of the four of them hanging out. 
great. Yeah, I think that, uh, like, fires through the hand that you are holding back, uh, and just sort of explodes it and then goes further up through, uh, the chest of the beast, and it reels back. I think tendrils are, like, lashing out from its wounds wildly. It's whipping everywhere as it hits the ground, just huge clouds of dust are getting, uh, whipped up. And, yeah, everyone that was here already, like I said, you you see this huge mech that's appeared. And then behind you, you see a crowd. A huge crowd. Um, mostly familiar faces. Some of them, your faces. Some of them, people you don't recognize. But each and every one of them has an idol on, and they are ready to fight. I think um, Abby jumps on Sloane's back... It says, I have an idea. And Starter Riot starts making supercharged fireballs. Now, normally, it would be, like, enough to just take her out of commission. But mm-hmm. Abby keeps rewinding. And she's just got, like, 25 giant fireballs. And just hucks them all at the same time. Like, fucking Piccolo and Dragon Ball Z. Sure, a Hellzone grenade situation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh... Teoff uh, is confused as you seem to miss with each and every one of them yes. before realizing that they're behind her, actually. And uh, they smash into her, sending her kind of stumbling forward. Bartholomew Lightkill, um, having his original plan sort of mercifully stolen from him, instead, he is going to uh, take Chris's soul inside him regaining both the memories that were taken from Mephistopheles and also gaining all of Chris's levels up level ups so okay. he's going to take the master the alchemist master move my uh which is everything changes and electric version's power is going to change to my eidolon can transform any vapor it touches into electricity and it can change that into a physical construct okay when the skyscraper that was created from milk emerged, I think some of uh, s- some excess. When you say it that way. Not the sentence. <laughs> I think some excess milk like got shot into the atmosphere and formed like some milk clouds. Okay. I hate this. <laughs> I'm drinking a milk beverage as you say this. Bart is going to transform that into massive electric clouds that then transform into hundreds of six, six shooters that all fire simultaneously down on down on Teoth. The the electric revolver in your hand crackles with electricity and just arcs of lightning work their way up your arm and towards your heart and your head. Normally a bad thing, but actually it's cool and badass this time as uh yeah, your lost lifetime of memories flashes before your eyes and you pull the trigger on the revolver and nothing happens uh, with the revolver in your hand that is but every gun that is now falling from the sky just shoots all at once Uh, no one bullet really enough to hurt Teoth significantly but it adds up when you have this fucking many of them Uh, just constant uh little jabs all over its giant body as it kind of flails and uh, tries to bat them away. Jenny, 
What? How was that? Was that pretty poggers? <laughs> poggers as hell, man. <laughs> College Chili is by the Mac, and she's kind of a little nervous because, like, she's not really a big fighter. Like, she'll physically attack people if they're in the way, but, like, her thing is more recon. Um, mm -hmm. But fortunately for her, uh, Detective Valerie Danger Masters notices her from, I don't know, whatever part of the cockpit she's in. Hey, is that a chili I see? Yeah, you're a chili too, aren't you? Yeah, are you doing okay? Um, I don't... No, not really. Um, I'm just, I'm just one little fox here. I don't know that I can really help. Well, you know, if you think you're too small to make a difference, you can always make that up in numbers. Uh, Valerie Danger Masters is going to use a move called Howl for Backup. Okay. Traditionally, the way that works is if you have uh, satisfied an instinctive desire for dominion in the area, you can call on whatever uh, other animals are in the area. But in this case, it's, uh, it's a little different. Um, she lets out a loud scream you may uh, recognize as the vixen scream. It's a alert call foxes make um, for a number of reasons. In this particular case, she's using it to call out to friends and a door, like a physical fucking apartment front door at the base of the mech opens up and a whole stream of chilies comes <laughs> running out. A bunch of different alternate use, uh, universe versions of chili that she's befriended. There's a there's a chili that's got a uh, white and black coat with a little uh, what looks like a mustache on her front front of her face. There's a chili with a Virginia the cat riding her like a uh, war stallion. There is a chili the fennec fox with a Virginia the snow leopard. There is a chili that's wearing a uh, chef's hat and apron that says I make of the spaghetti that's from <laughs> that one's from the universe where everyone except Sloan is Italian you <laughs> and the and uh, college chili joins this swarm of comrades as they just go for the ankles of this beast yeah and I think uh, as well the uh, kind of crowd assembled here takes this as uh, a sign to charge along with the chilies, and uh, there are just flashes of color and all sorts of weird, fucked up little guys coming out of all these people. I think very quietly in the distance you hear, who's hungry for some onion rings? <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the lower parts of Teoth that these people can easily reach are just being uh, torn apart, burned, frozen, turned into onion rings, uh, etc. and so forth. I even think, um, you know, a few episodes ago, uh, Christina and Needlemouse spread out some healing potion to the, uh, pooling slime that was just sort of the congealed remains of all the shades that had been erased by the estate, and, uh, bit by bit, the, that potion is finally starting to take a meaningful effect as not entirely fully there shapes that vaguely recall the forms of animals all rush in behind this wave of people that responded to Mary's call for help and uh, yeah there is just a massive battle going on uh, around Teoth's feet I think just forms are erupting out of uh, the bottom of Teoth to fight them but they are getting 
kind of fought back. I guess Anna wants to uh, investigate Teoff. Okay. Uh, yeah, give me an investigate roll. And she did roll a 12, which means she can use perfect deduction. Oh, which means you get to decide the answer to one of these questions. Yeah, what weaknesses can I exploit? Yeah, go ahead. So Anna can perfectly sense changes that Eidolons have made to the world. And I think that the main thing that Teoth, if, if we can conceive of her as an Eidolon has done... Certainly. ...is transfer from person to person across infinite universes and taken advantage of their own powers and insecurities to mm -hmm. Teothify everything. Right. But what that means is that there are... If this is a combo of all Teoths, then there's still people in there somewhere. Right. And I think she wants to communicate this to Agent Alexis, who will then use the Alchemist Master move Something From Nothing to create a photograph of an enormous pasta sieve that could possibly separate the total eclipse of the heart from all of the people that he has possessed. Oh, I see. You're talking about, like, like a strainer bowl. Yeah. A colander. Yes, okay. or a sieve. Many words for this device. I, In my mind, I was imagining a sieve made of pasta and was very perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, yeah. Uh, Agent Alexis, give me the bizarre roll and uh, take plus one on it. Now that is a ten. Uh, all right, then, yeah, I think you do, in fact, uh, conjure a photograph of a... <laughs> Of a giant sieve. And then original Alexis continues this combo string yeah. by uh, using transformative vision on that photograph to make it just a giant metal sieve that plops down on Teoth, <laughs> hopefully separating Teoth from all the people. I think it falls on top of the, the Teoth monstrosity and... For the moment, at least, does not quite seem to be having the desired effect. It is sort of just straining the black, smoky ooze into, uh, you know, smaller pieces, which is not useless. Uh, you know, it is, you know, taking the thing apart. But uh, if you want to try to rescue the people that are within this thing, it might take a little more than a big bowl you might use to cook of the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> What if what if this is what Strix is gonna do though? Okay, what do you have, Strix? I I'm gonna pick up what Lore and her crew are throwing down, and I'm gonna try and pull the people out. Give me a beat the odds plus biz and uh, Alexis roll to help. I got a seven. Well, I got a thirteen. So. Okay, then yeah, I think the the smoky blobs like poking through the holes in the bowl are just kind of floating there, and Strix, yeah, you manage to manipulate the undertow to resolve them into uh, people, um, and they all just kind of uh, fall to the ground, not, you know, they sort of slow their descent uh, supernaturally as they fall, and just kind of, now uh, this thing is breaking apart into human beings that are falling unconscious in a heap uh, kind of just sort of getting crowd-surfed away from the fight by the huge throng of uh, people fighting here. Uh, this is a little silly. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Needlemouse, what do you got? Uh, Needlemouse 
wants to if if this giant Teoth kaiju is still human shaped, yeah, then certainly it must have a mouth. Oh no. Uh, sure. And he wants to roll up its spine and into its mouth to see if it can roll around in its guts. <laughs> yeah, sure. Give me a scrap. A ten. Yeah, you roll uh, straight up it. I think you pop through one of the the colander holes and then dive straight down uh, through what you know the the closest mouth type thing it's got uh, before that gets torn apart by the colander that continues to just sort of slide down it. And yeah, you just start violently bouncing around inside of it. Um, Mary, you're watching all of this from the roof of the Humanity Bank. Uh, or have you left to join in? Or are you just watching? Uh, I think uh, Mary is is currently observing, um, just uh, making sure she has a, a good view of everything uh, in case any emergencies happen that she needs to take care of. Um, so facing down against uh, this monster, Chili realizes that her usual approach of just running at things and biting them probably isn't going to cut it, uh, much like College Chili, but unlike College Chili, um, Cla- Chili Classic has uh, a few more options available to her. Yeah, I'd like to use Forge of the Heart. Uh, yeah, go for it. All right, um, and I don't know how this is supposed to work, but since she has two uh, inherited Eidolons, um, we're doing it with all of them. That works, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. That is an 11. 11, okay, yeah. How do um, your Eidolons uh, grow and become more powerful? So I previously mentioned that uh, Dreams wields Hello Cold World for Chili when she is not using it. She's going to... Um, pick it up and hold it over her head as she also grasps Virginia's pendant and Chili just thinking about all the people that she has lost, all the people that she has saved, and all the people that she's fighting for, casts a spell of true magic and combines all of her Eidolons uh, inherited and her own into a new thing called Tango in the Night Her Eidolon grows in size and turns white, as does Chili herself, as the power of Frost itself becomes hers to control. And uh, they are going to attack together in a sweeping dance-like motion, slicing and blowing the Arctic breeze into the wounds to just separate pieces of Teoth from the mass, freezing and destroying them. Yeah, Chili, I think as you swing... Pieces of Teoth are sliced off, and everywhere the the sword hits, uh, the gaseous form of it solidifies and freezes, uh, holding it down even further. All right, one last spider fact: all stories are Nazi stories. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. I, I've always liked the idea of Nazi and the, the trickster god of spiders. Yeah. And- there's something that happens when you, you know, in the story, you know, beats the lion and gets gets the power to all stories and whatnot. But what I've really learned from that is that when a group comes together and tells stories, whether it's around a fire or a role-playing tabletop thing, that's magic. And a uh, speaker box, like, uh, behind him are, like, giant, like, tarot cards featuring scenes from the Eidolon 
Chaplin plays that show, like, yes. you know, making the deal with Lady Luck and James ripping his shirt off, all the adventures we've had just, like, flickering in these giant, like, tarot cards behind him. Mm-hmm. Chaos, this isn't your story, this is our story, and we get to say how it ends. And uh, it stops being uh, spotty adi delicious or either it's previous incarnation, uh, it, the tarot card behind glows white, white hot, and he, Quentin says... International Players Cup Anthem featuring UGK. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A fucking very stylish-ass fucking spider tumbler sexy man lands and, like, a shockwave goes through the world and everything turns into, like, this is corn. If this is corny, stop me. No. no. Whips. no this is going. Going. This is the time to be corny. It ter- everything turns into gray audio tracks. The whole world is made of sound. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Clapping us in. In three, two, one. And uh, he's going to, like, wrap up Teoff uh, in a, uh, a giant spider web. Uh, and um, <laughs> while it's glowing, um, the tarot card behind him, like all of the people he's met, start coming out one by one and doing their moves and the fucking mailer demons and you know, all the people he has bonds with. And the last one is Carly Rose. Rose, And it's like from the time right before <laughs> he became a professor and he's like, hey, I'm not a professor. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to find out like this. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to leave you behind. Not again. Uh, yeah, Teoth is uh, restrained by spider webs made out of uh, waveforms, uh, powerless as the uh, the giant colander uh, enhanced by Strix continues to eat away at its body. It keeps like trying to grow out, and uh, like its lower half is still pulsing, but then uh, kind of retracts again as Needle Mouse inside of it keeps ripping it apart. I think Carly is watching this. And wants to do something, and she's tired of just defending and being the defensive. And she starts building kind of like a lance out of everyone's worst idea of themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's like this one long point slowly coming from her hands. And then another set of hands grabs her hands, and it's original Caroline Rose. And the lance starts getting covered in thorns as it goes straight into Tad. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Christina, I think, um, is going to sort of take all this uh, chaos in. And she turns to Harvey and she says, You know, this is pretty crazy, but I'm glad you're here with me like this. Hey, if uh, we're going to face the end of the world again... There's nobody else I'd rather do it with. I was thinking the same thing. Um, and she forcefully pulls him in for a kiss again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after she breaks, she takes out her Vita and shows it to him. And there's a little, uh, there's a little sort of PS1 style Harvey Godlove on the screen. And it's interesting. One of the gauges below his health bar is filled up and sort of glowing like a rainbow. She says, huh, that's interesting. Looks like your limit gauge is filled up. All right. And 
I won't let you down is going to rear up. It is going to raise its shield towards Teoth and just slam it with the lance. And this huge wave of rainbow energy is going to burst out of the hole in its chest and just plow through its body. Yeah, I think a, a like lion's head forms out of the smoke and tries to roar at you, but then just gets uh, blown apart by uh, that beam. I think Ursula is seeing all of this and she still, she wants to be good, a good person. She wants to be herself. She knows she is composed of all the experiences she's had since she was a girl in college and she got a race. She was a shade. She, she kind of became her own woman and then she was torn from that and became an empty shell. And that part that was torn of her became her worst impulses and even became a spear of hell. And I think in that moment she sees a little teddy bear next to her. And uh, it's pink bullets. And behind pink bullets there's like, that's young Ursula. And then next to them is uh, Ursa, bear girl Ursa, with Revolution Lover in, around her. And then next to her is Bibi with Peligroso Pop behind her. And then Spears Bibi with Me Against the Music and Hollow Ursula with It Could Be Better. And then each of them, including Ursa, uh, Ursula Ursa with Pack Light pull out a rocket launcher and shoot Teoth in the face. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teoth just... I, I think each, like, explosive impact just sends Teoth reeling and, uh, the colander continues to just push down and, uh, Strix is just turning more and more of the individual fragments sort of chipped off of it back into the humans that were claimed by Teoth from all these various universes. So Jenny's been watching all these amazing moves against this monster and slowly starting to panic a little and just turns to Holly and is like, oh God, um, God, let's see, this is exactly what I was worried about for. Like we're, everyone's fighting and we should help, but like, what am I supposed to do? I have, this is a monster made up of like skulls and death and that's all I have. How am I possibly supposed to hurt them with all this? Holly, like, puts a finger to her lips and, like, grabs her shoulder and is like, stop worrying and, listen, just shut up, and then kisses her <laughs> and then uh, hugs her really tight uh, and says, I know you can do this. You're right. You're right. I can do this. Because you believe in me and that's that's all I need. And as she says that, the, the skull that has been kind of floating above her shoulder crumbles to dust and... Um, as that dust like streams on her shoulder, some of it sticks to her and takes the shape of a tattoo um, that looks like a skull with the fuse of a bomb sticking out the top. Oh shit, fuck. She appears to almost glow with the energy of alive with the glory of love. Fuck yeah. Um, this Eidolon, um, shields her with her own positive emotions to make her briefly invulnerable. Okay. Uh, and Holly strikes a couple matches and hands them to her and is like, do you want these? 
Let's do it, babe. She takes the she takes the matches, starts running towards Teoth, and throws one beneath her and rides the explosion up. Fuck yeah. Right as right as she reaches the arc, she throws the second one and just comes barreling towards the wherever the vulnerable part of Teoth is right now as the colander continues to slide down and just throws herself along with an explosion right in there. Yeah, I think you burst straight through Teoth, uh, and you can feel just like a, a rumbling scream echoing around you, but you are untouchable in this moment as you fly through the darkness of her form. But uh, the black smoke uh, resolves into a shape as you're coming through here, and Jenny, for the first time ever, you see the Teoth that we saw back in Season 1. Oh, shit. A Teoth that looks like you, and it just stares at you for a brief instant as you go flying past it and emerge out the other side. I think I, I think in that moment, like as time kind of slows down as we lock yeah. eyes or whatever, I just, I shoot it a look of not pity, but like almost understanding and uh-huh. like sorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethelwolf named himself after the medieval king of Wessex, Ethelwolf, who in this world was the man who not only held back the Vikings, but actually went on the offensive against them. He was known by history as the man who stole Thor's hammer. So Ethelwolf is going to use Forge of the Heart to turn his hammer into an enormous uh, Mjolnir that has lightning running up and down it. <laughs> Fuck yes. And he is going to take it and jump into the air and slam the lightning through the metal um, sieve and mm. push it down all the way through the rest of Teoth's body. Yeah, I think uh, tendrils kind of whip at you as you fly through the air of a wolf, but they're too slow, uh, you know, held back by audio tracks that Quentin has summoned and the uh, just sea of light and power from all of the uh, other Eidolon users here, and you slam your hammer down on the colander to drive it all the way to the ground, um, completely taking Teoth apart. I think um, crawling through one of the holes, Lady Luck, you now also see your Teoth. Um, I think she rushes towards her, and she's not really saying anything, but is, like, trying to, like, dust her off, you know? I think she's letting you do that, but is just sort of unmoving and just says, um, None of you have actually changed anything. You can't get rid of me. I don't want to get rid of you. I, I've only wanted you back this whole time. Then why did you leave me for so long? It wasn't on purpose. I I couldn't remember. I think she just sort of stares at you, and sure, her face is unmoving, but I think a black liquid is seeping out of her eyes as she just says, um, I don't think I can go back to who I used to be. Lady Luck, like, puts her hands on her cheeks and says, you can just be who you are now, and... We'll make it work.
overhead, the city of dreams has continued to absorb all of the universes orbiting around it. They've sort of just circled in closer and closer as though it's a, like a drain and it just continues to grow. And uh, soon it's big enough and close enough that the remaining houses uh, in the neighborhood are getting lifted up and sent spiraling into it. Mary, the uh, humanity bank underneath of you gets ripped out of the ground. Um, All of the trees out in the park start getting pulled into it. Uh, The very ground starts to crack and crumble and everything, all of you, are sucked in to this new world. (laughs) 